Adulthood Made Easy is brought to you by the all-new, totally redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Can an SUV be your escape vehicle? You have no idea. The 2016 Tucson, the official pace car of living. Hey, Panoply listener. Looking for more podcasts for your playlist? Check out the Vulture TV podcast for great discussion about the latest TV shows, or check out Sex Lives for fascinating conversations about sex. You can find them on iTunes, Panoply.fm, or on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And at this stage in my life and in my friends' lives, people have started being in their second jobs. And whether that decision comes easy to them, it's something they've searched for, or whether it's something that kind of falls into their lap and they have to think about, I've really been thinking recently about the idea of job hopping, about the idea of, do you really have to stay somewhere for a full year, for a full two years, for a full 18 months before you can think about moving on? And I asked my parents, and they had one answer. I asked my friends, they had a different answer. I asked my advisor from school. She had a different answer. So I figured today we could kind of talk, debate, discuss the idea of is job hopping a good or bad thing? And regardless, how can you do it with burning the fewest bridges? So joining me is Maxie McCoy. She is the director of Local Levo at Levo League, which is an awesome career resource for millennials like myself. She's developed these career communities in more than 30 locations, including San Francisco, New York, and Paris. And coming back on the show is Bucky Keady, who is the vice president of talent at Time, Inc. She is, by definition, a friend of the show, a friend to me, and I'm so excited to have her back. So welcome, Maxie, and welcome, Bucky. Thank you, Sam. It's always great to be here. Yes, always great to have you. And Max, you are excited to have you on the show. I love Levo League. It's a great, like I said, a great career resource. Oh, love so, to hear that. So I'm going to ask both of you, and we'll start with you, Bucky. When you think of the idea of job hopping, what can you help me define that? Because my definition of it would be like I was talking about in the beginning, how people my age are kind of hopping every six months to a year to a different place. But what constitutes a hop? To you, is it a year? Is it two years? And what what is what do you think of when you think of job hopping? So we'll start with you, Bucky. My view on job hopping has changed dramatically over the last five years. This technology has become a driving force in all of our companies and in the competitive market that we go after. I would say that has really changed my definition around job hopping. So. Back in the day, I would often look at resumes and speak to hiring managers, and they'd say, well, this is person only stayed in their job two years, three years, and they would define even that as job hopping. Now I am very open to really kind of more understanding why someone has left their position than necessarily just calling it job hopping, because oftentimes people will work for a company and they just have the amount of hacker money available to them or something has happened to the structure of the company. So it's really about diving in a little bit more. So I can't say I'm rigid around the rules. And Maxie, what about you? I imagine that you work with a lot of people my age and at my stage in life. 
how do you view the idea of moving around from job to job in the first five or six years? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, we've spent years speaking with millennial women in so many different cities. And Bucky, exactly what you said, it's more the why underneath why they're hopping. But to me, my immediate answer for you, Sam, is that job hopping is the new normal. It's specifically the new normal for for a millennial workforce. You know, they are so looking for this purpose and this connection and this culture within the context of their job. And so they seek that. And to Bucky's point about technology really facilitating those moves, it then becomes how do you bridge a conversation about why you're moving? What is it that is driving you forward? But we do know that, you know, employers, bosses, your next job, they're not looking at even the six month to a year as a negative thing, as long as you're able to articulate why you're doing it. So I now something's happened that I did not expect would happen, which is that I'm now the most rigid person on what I think about job. I thought I was going to be like so lax compared to you guys on job hopping. But for me, I'm still in the mindset where like I would feel uncomfortable leaving somewhere before a year, a year and a half. I When friends have asked me about it, that's been where my advice has come from. So I guess what I'm hearing from you guys is maybe that's not that's not the case and I need to lighten up a little bit. Sam, not to call you rigid, but there actually can be significant benefit when you do move jobs. You know, there is a, a very specific person in one of our communities in San Francisco who, not even kidding you, has had probably eight jobs in six years. And she alone probably makes far, far more than anyone in her, you know, similar stage and similar job role because she's continued to be poached. She's continued to negotiate and she's making a whole heck of a lot of money. And so not that that's always your driving force, but there can be a lot of positive in the reason in which you go somewhere else and the benefits that come from it. Can I jump in here with something too? Yes. Which is with your friends, are you running to something or are you running away from something? Oh, that's a good question. Have you plateaued in your learning? Are you seeing that you are just, you don't have the kind of boss who's going to share information with you? And is this new opportunity or the opportunity you're potentially thinking about something where you feel you're really going to be able to enhance your skill set and grow? And I think that that's a good question. And I was going to ask you, Bucky, just from, you know, being talent management at such a big company and probably talking to a lot of employees over the years, I think that sometimes what I hear from people is it happens early in the job, like before the six-month mark, when, of course, you might not like your job. And, of course, another job offer is going to seem really enticing because things at your current job are still hard and you still don't know everyone and you still don't have your good friends and you still haven't totally grown into your role. So do you think there's like a magic number of months you have to wait before you can really assess if the current place you're at is the wrong place for you? Again, it goes, it goes back to, to your point, I work at a larger company where there are resources that are available to help new employees acclimate to the company. If it's not your boss, you can always go to somebody within HR and kind of talk it through, or you can join an association or get a mentor and really get, a, get help in acclimating yourself. With many of the newer companies, startup types of companies or smaller companies, They don't necessarily have those kinds of resources. So it's really hard 
sometimes for people to find the, to get the sense of how to acclimate, how do I feel my way around, do the best you can in trying to find maybe some somebody out of your department that you could chat with and talk it through with a, a little bit more so that you are giving it a better crack, but sometimes it's not as easily available, so you tend to bolt for another opportunity. I'm going to add on here because I think that this is exactly why, you know, Sam and Bucky, to your point of why something like the Lavo communities and this resource has really come up and surfaced in such a, such a strong way where the women are really latching on to each other and building their own communities and their own resources. Because to your point, there's, there's not always, you know, these bigger companies with HR that are, that are really yeah. investing in, in women, in millennials. So they're finding it themselves because there are a lot of startups. There's a lot of freelancers. There's a lot of different modes and versions of work. And, you know, we've seen specifically why our community is really driving towards something like our, you know, find your purpose guide, which highlights Gabrielle Bernstein, who's amazing to really help them figure out, you know, why do I want to to leave jobs? What is it that I even want out of life that this next job could help facilitate or help fulfill? So, you know, those, those resources and going outside of, outside of your company have really, have really started to bubble, I think, because of that and can help you decide, is this job just searching for happiness or is this something really tuned in with my values and my purpose? That's really hard to figure out at this stage. Like I have zero clue what my purpose is and I have no idea like what my five-year plan is. So I think that some of my nervousness and rigidity around it is that, okay, if I left this job now, but what if in six months it completely evolves into something else? And what if, what if leaving now eliminates an opportunity here that would have been awesome and, and fostering a, re- a relationship here that I miss out on? Like Bucky if it had it didn't come up but had i left real simple at 6 months i would have never met you and i consider you a really valuable connection and someone that it would have been a loss not to know so i guess it's how you weigh those possible losses with your new opportunity in a way i hate to see people throw up their hands too early without doing some of the things that maxie's talking about or you're talking about sam because Again, we're talking about sometimes within the most recent years, within the last two or three years, people who want into instant gratification, and instant gratification just doesn't happen. And that's part of the maturing experience when you have your first job and you're figuring all of this out, and it's developing that patience and the ability to explore other resources because mommy and daddy have always swooped in. Or you've got to figure some of this stuff out yourself because it's a, hopefully a long and exciting road for you in taking all different twists and turns in your career. Twists and turns make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like oh, twists I think and it's turns. An adventure, Sam. Life's an adventure. No, <laughs> it is. I don't like it twists is, and, and turns. Know, it's not a linear path, and Sam, it sounds like you really want it to be one. But you know, I think Cheryl Sandberg said it best. You know, in saying that it really is a jungle gym. That's what our career is. You're going to be, you know, going on the monkey bars and down mm-hmm. the slides sometimes. And as long as it makes sense in hindsight for you, because you know the bigger picture of where you're going. You know, you can make a, a three-year stint somewhere make sense. You can make a six-month make sense. It's just a matter of what is really right for you. 
That is a great analogy. I love that. And we'll be right back with Bucky and Maxie to talk about ways that you can kind of spin these job hopping episodes on your resume. But first, we'll have a word from our sponsor. Adulthood Made Easy is brought to you by the 2016 Hyundai Tucson. With striking design and must-have tech, the all-new Tucson is a much-needed wake-up call, a fearless choice, a stunning choice among a sea of sameness. It's an agent of change arriving with an important message. It's time to get out there and live. Can an SUV help you live in the moment? You have no idea. Introducing the redesigned Hyundai Tucson, the official pace car of living. So we're back with Bucky and Maxie, and we just talked about the great jungle gym metaphor, which I think really does explain the new, the path that maybe I'm not as comfortable with. Maybe I would just rather have a straight slide. But regardless, that's a good way to to look at it. So we've talked a little bit about it's how you explain these gaps on your resume, and it's how you explain this to an employer. So we'll start with Bucky again. What are some of the great ways that people have come to you to explain why they left their previous job after six months or why they've left their last three previous jobs in less than 18 months. To Maxie's point earlier, sometimes it really is because it's such a competitive marketplace out there. If you start to get certain tool tool sets that are very marketable, I'm thinking in particularly around women who code and things like that, mm-hmm. you can be presented with opportunities Constantly, you're barely sitting in your chair, and you're getting telephone calls for uh, from other opportunities, and that is very, very seductive. So, in the conversation when you're when you're meeting, I would be pretty honest about. I kept getting calls, and honestly, each position had more challenge to it. I'd be learning a new another industry, or I'd learn a new set of skills, and I found that really interesting. So, I'm curious to hear from your resumes on whether or not and how often you two have job hopped. I think everyone would like to know, you know, how many jobs you were in, in early in your career and how you navigated those jumps. So, Bucky, did you, were you a big job hopper? Well, so to answer your question in a kind of roundabout way, and I'll keep it as short as I can because I've been working for a very long time, this is the <laughs> third industry that I've been in. And I think it's actually more about finding the right industry or type of job, and it took me a little while to figure it out. I started first in fashion, then I went, believe it or not, into Wall Street, worked in Wall Street, oh, and wow. then I got into media. So Every once, time you're on the show, I learn something new about you. It's great. <laughs> once, I, once I found media, I was 15 years at Condé Nast and then 15 years at Time, Inc., And frankly, the reason that I stayed at both so long is both companies during the period of time that I was working for them were in either incredible growth mode or, in the case of timing, transformational mode and upending our business and changing it. So I'm always, always learning, and my job responsibilities have changed. So it's, it's as if I'm working for a completely different company doing a very different job. So that's why I have stayed as long as I have. That's awesome. And you're right. This is a place where I feel like every six months, everything sort of gets shuffled around and changes. So it is a fun place to work. I like it. And what about you, Maxie? You know, I haven't really ever thought about this fact yet, but as a millennial, I guess I'm, I'm full on stereotype because I have not only had 
four different jobs. I think I've had four very distinct careers uh, from sports broadcasting into the nonprofit world, then into um, into Levo with retail somewhere in between that. And you know, I have I have consistently been led towards what the next thing is through values and through purpose, and really trying to understand what is the most amount of impact I can make on this world with the, the skills and the things that I am the most passionate about. And coming to a place in the, in the women's leadership space where you know I'm getting to work with women every day and help them really figure out what makes them tick and connect them to themselves, both within their career and outside of that, I you know when it syncs up, you know when it lines up, and I'll be here for a very long time. Maxie, I'm curious from you, since we said you have all these different career communities you've worked with all over, you know, from here to Paris, do you think that it differs by industry how job managers respond to job hopping? Like the industry that we're in, a creative media industry might be more understanding, like Bucky talked about with new technologies versus maybe a finance industry? I think it absolutely matters what industry you're in. You know, if you are used to working in the creative space, in the digital space, in the startup space, you're getting poached left and right. You are at networking events. You are out there. You know, the speed at which you're changing jobs is a little bit less, it's a less relevant topic versus if you're working in corporate logistics in middle America, things are going to operate a bit differently. And then it really does come back to how you're able to explain that either way. You know, in certain situations, you may not need to explain it because they're the ones poaching you to Bucky's point of just everybody being on the phone calling you before you even sat down at your desk for the first week. And then, you know, really moving into how am I displaying this? You know, our communities said it loud and clear to us that the way that we currently talk about our jobs, the way that we currently display what we're doing, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's on resumes, it's not enough. And that's actually where our profiles were born from. You know, this, this idea of I want to showcase who I am as a person. I want to showcase what matters most to me, what my path is about, so that it's not always about skill, but it's it's about this is what was leading me forward. Here's how you can see that in a way that is very relevant and very tangible to me as a young worker. Yeah. Well, I will say something that's been sticking out to me, and, and this might also just be from where I've always thought of job hopping is a little on the negative side, is I even think the word poached has like a negative connotation to it. Like I don't think like if someone's poached, like you think of it as someone's stolen. So I guess that's yeah. where I'm thinking of mm it is a neg- more negative thing. I don't know if you guys think that's going to change or if you've, you use, you see a language shift at all, but that's where it scares me to be poached or to be stolen or to hop around. Like those just sound like big, scary words. Totally agree with you. I do feel we as HR leaders or advisors have to rethink how we're managing this work culture and what mm-hmm. kind of resources we're providing to be able to, do, to address exactly the issue, Sam, that you're talking about right now, which is keeping people really intellectually stimulated, offering really cool job opportunities. And, you know, you can't keep offering. Sometimes you just need somebody to do their job. But if they see that there's cool programs that are being offered, that there's, you know, educational outlets, that they can work on a subcommittee that could be really kind of creative and fun, 
those are the kinds of things we need to own and address. But that's really not what you're talking about as far as your audience here. But those are things that when your audience is looking for a job, they should be asking some of those questions when they're interviewing. I guess my my bigger question, though, is how do you rationalize with yourself that you're making a good move when people are still, when in some cases you know that your company doesn't value someone who leaves before a year because maybe then you don't get your signing bonus. Like there are places that have little things that make you think, okay, leaving before a year isn't the move because you lose money or you lose some other kind of benefit. Well, absolutely. I mean, every time there's turnover, it does cost a company money. It costs right. company money in, in obvious ways, in unforeseen ways. We personally love to see an employee who's going to invest, invest some time because we're going to invest time in them, training mm-hmm. them, helping them acclimate to their work environment, and then finally getting their groove on and really contributing on all levels and growing in their level of con- contribution. It's also a cost for you as the worker, right? I mean, if you are... It, Everything that is being invested in you from an employer standpoint, you're also investing in, you know, being your highest and best self and really on there for a few weeks of meeting new people, of meeting new school, you know, new skills, new ways that the culture works and really having to figure that out. That's a huge energy investment for you to be doing that every six months. And I think that's where you really have to advise and ask yourself, you know, the grass is going to be greener on the other side while I'm going through these, you know, I'm being courted by another employer, but what does it actually mean to restart at a company again? It's a lot. It is a lot. The idea of starting over every six months would drive me crazy. Figuring out where the bathroom is every six months, meeting new people every six months. So I think we also do have to talk about having the conversation with the place that you're looking to leave. Um, And I'm curious for both of your pieces of advice on how to have a conversation with your current boss that you are leaving before the year, before the six-month mark, in the hopes of not burning a bridge there and keeping them in your professional network. That is a tough conversation because if it is within a year, there's no question. If you have been starting to get the groove on with your boss and you really have a good working relationship going for yourself, your boss is going to be disappointed because they have invested time in you. You've invested time in you, as Maxie was saying. So that is going to be tough. In the conversation, the best way I always feel is to be as frank as possible as to why you're making this switch. And sometimes, and more and more actually, that conversation can lead to, well, wonder if we were able to do this and rejigger your job slightly or to give you a little bump here financially and People are rethinking all of that and staying within their positions. doesn't happen all the time. But when they see what, what other possibilities are available because, frankly, they didn't really think about it because they're younger and a little more naive around these things, they realize, gee, I didn't have to leave to be able to do this. I could have had the conversation a lot earlier and mm-hmm. not about going to another position. 
I say this a lot, like it's just so, it's so right of, you know, with our community, you have to give your problems in order to get the solutions. You have to be opening that dialogue up, not only with your managers, but with advisors, people that are seeking after, you know, are around you within your own company. Because to your point, Bucky, there's so much that people can do to help you, whether it is compensation, responsibility, you know, the, the time that you're at the office, whatever it is that you feel like is not working out for you. If you haven't even tried, you're not giving your manager a, the best shot. You're not giving yourself the best shot. And you're really not, you're not as invested um, in that situation as you could be. You want to know everything that's on the table before you make a decision like that. But if you really were leaving for something that was like your your absolute dream job, Maxie, how would you frame that to your boss? You, it, being frank, the second with that is how you handle the situation. What kind of plan do you put in place in terms of institutionalizing all of your knowledge, the time frame, the onboarding, you know, what can you do to be around, to be supportive and make it the most seamless transition, not only for your boss, but for the entire team around you so that no one skips a beat when you can be forthcoming with that, with that, manage that, have it ready, you know, before, you know, 48 hours after the conversation where you tell them and show that you are, you are very much invested in this passing of the torch process that's going to be where you save your bridges. Well, both of you have had wonderful advice. And I think that's a great place to end to just think about having those conversations and looking forward. Bucky, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I always love hearing your advice. And Maxie, like I said, Levo is a wonderful resource. And I'm so glad we got the chance to talk to you as well. Likewise, thank you for having me. Bucky Keedy is VP Talent Management at Time Inc. And Maxie McCoy is the director of Local Levo at Levo League. Thanks so much to everyone for joining me today for Adulthood Made Easy. I'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you have any ideas or questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Sam Zavelle and I'll add them to my list. And don't forget to subscribe and review the show in iTunes if you like what you're hearing. I'm Sam Zavelle and I'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,